We are at episode 50 of the Black in Fashion podcast. Today's episode is very special to me because we are at number 50 and I'm going to be interviewing Halima Garrett, which was the winner of the Emerging Designer Competition at Harlem Fashion Week. Halima, thank you so much for joining me today. Say hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. This is amazing. Okay, I just want to take a second to just make sure I acknowledge all of our sponsors for today's episode. We are sponsored by Nisha Star Aesthetics. You can get your facials, your yoni steams, your waxes, everything and more. She is a self-care specialist and she does that through self-love and self-care through Yoni Steams Brazilian and taking care of your body. I'd also like to make sure I acknowledge Bonnie McMillan. She is the owner of Black Girl Magic. She has um dope merchandise and all assorted colors for Black Girl Magic, which is like the epitome of the multifaceted woman in New York. You can reach her on uh, VonnieMcMillan.com as well as Bonnie, um Style on Instagram. I'd also like to make sure I acknowledge Rich Nurse. She's one of our newest sponsors and you can get really, really dope uh, healthcare needed essentials at Rich Nurse. So, Let's start by jumping in. I like to just do a little icebreaker, Halima. It's called This or That, and you tell me which one you prefer over the other, okay? Okay. All right, so berets or fedoras? Berets, for sure. My grandmother, she's from France, so berets, yes. Definitely berets. (laughs) Off the shoulder or one shoulder? Um, Off the shoulder. Yes. Mules or wedges? Wedges. <laughs> no. I don't think I've ever had a pair of mules in my life, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So and wedges. Of course, yeah. the sexy one. Side boob or under boob? <laughs> Side boob for sure. Um, because my boobs are two different sizes. So <laughs> if I did under boob, you'd only see one. So it wouldn't be cute. <laughs> Love, love, love. That's hilarious. All right. Um, second segment is it's a look. Is there anyone in the media that is quarantining right now that you felt just like slayed this week? Um, hmm. I don't, I haven't even been on social media very much this week, or even like during this whole quarantine phase. So I don't, I don't even know. Um, You've been off the grid. (laughs) Yeah. Someone that I do like, she's like a thrifted type of stylist. Her name is Aisha the Great on Instagram. So I like her looks um, and like her content and stuff. So I would say her right now, but as far as anybody else, I don't know what anybody's doing. (laughs) That is okay. You got to do social distancing from social media, too. Exactly. Completely understand that. So why don't you just start off by telling me, like, what was the inspiration, uh, fuel uh, behind you starting a, a clo- starting your line and starting to sew? And, you know, tell us a little bit about your background and um, how you grew up. Okay. So, um, well, to start from, like, the very beginning, my grandmother, she had a like a thrift shop in Brooklyn in like the late 90s so I would kind of get first dibs for the donations that went into her thrift shop um 
so that kind of for me it started like the thrill of the thrift and how I got into thrifting um at a very early age and so kind of fast forward to after college when I moved to Brooklyn I started heavily thrifting in the thrift shops primarily like the L train vintage stores and um that's when I started Threads of Habit which is primarily a vintage shop um so but I also like to upcycle vintage pieces and that's how I became or started calling myself you know a designer um, instead of just like the curator of Threads of Habit, you know, I wanted to offer something different for, you know, my audience, my clients, um, having like one of a kind upcycled pieces from vintage clothing. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about uh, sustainability? You feel like it's some, like very, very necessary to watch what you buy and how you buy it and look at the contents of the clothing that you're buying? Yeah. So the thing about this whole sustainability buzzword <laughs> is, you know, I I'm sustainable because it's just what I love to do. Um, people have asked me before, like, are you doing it for the creativity or are you doing it because you're trying to save the environment? And I've been doing this way before sustainability became this big buzzword. Um, but now that I understand that, you know, fashion is one of the biggest polluters in the world, um, you know, I, I'm excited and happy that I'm doing my part. Um, so I do think that it's important now knowing that, you know, the fat, you know, the, the, I guess, you know, the, the issues with the fashion industry, knowing that um, I do think it's important to really pick, you know, not necessarily pick the proper fabrics, but, um, you know, just being more conscious of what you're doing, what you're buying, who's making your clothes. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. What would you say was one of your biggest struggles when you first started out? Um, I think coming from like not having a, um, like a, a proper formal training in sewing. Like I use YouTube. I've taken like a few in-person classes. Um, but sometimes I feel like, you know, I really want the quality to be something where you pull it off, you know, pull it off the shelf and it looks like something that's in a store. Um, so, but as an upcycler and, you know, if you see other people upcycling, that's not always the case. So I think for me, it's just like trying to be patient with myself um, and, you know, when creating the clothes, really just do the best I can and make sure, you know, that it can work for, you know, who I'm, who I'm, you know, selling it to or who I'm trying to get it out to. Um, so I think just not knowing everything has been a struggle and just trying to learn as much as I can um, about construction and pattern making and fabric sourcing and everything. So um, I think that's that's kind of been a struggle, just trying to learn everything on my own. <laughs> Do you think that uh, the which one was more beneficial for you, the YouTube or the in-person classes? Um. 
I feel like YouTube <laughs> has been <laughs> real beneficial because I can just learn in my home, you know. Um, I do like having hands-on experience. Um, but um, yeah, I feel like, you know, if you're looking for something specific, you can go like straight to YouTube and figure it out for yourself. And there's, you know, there's so many sewing bloggers and sewing instructors on there that, you know, whatever you're kind of looking for, you can, you can find it. Nice. Nice. So what, uh, what inspired you to, uh, I guess what was the process for uh, getting involved with Harlem fashion week? Um, So I started following them maybe about a year before I went to their designer casting and I started Mm -hmm. watching them on live when they had a designer casting and they were giving these designers feedback. And, you know, I was like, Oh, you know, I kind of, I kind of want to go and get some feedback from, you know, people in the game and just, you know, seasoned designers. So when that, when they announced, um, for season eight that they were doing the designer casting I went and um at that point I had done a show before it was my first show that I had done um so you know I I had brought a few of those pieces and showed them and you know they had accepted me into the show um but yeah it was because of Instagram live (laughs) that I kind of you know knew what the process was and um, so I just kind of went for it and was like, okay, well, I'm, I want to try too. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, you were super. What was that feeling like when you were chosen? Um, you know, it kind of solidified that this is the path that I should be taking. You know, um, because I I had quit my job. When was that? July 2019. So, um, you know, that took a lot of bravery and gusto. (laughs) So, you know, for me to actually get chosen and, you know, do this whole process with them, it was, you know, really, for me, it was like a sign. Okay, Halima, you're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. Um, So, yeah, it was it was a good feeling. Gotcha, gotcha. Would you say um, that um, you're happy that you did it? I know a lot of people, uh, when they first take that little leap of faith, mm-hmm. I think it's very, very scary. You know, when you move from like, you know, I'm going to do this full time. I'm either going to, you know, I'm going to let go of my job and really feel like, you know, they're moving in your purpose. Have, have you had that feeling? Yeah, um, I definitely have felt like, like, okay, maybe I did this too soon maybe I should have waited even the day that I put in my resignation letter I had second thoughts about okay maybe I should go part-time instead of just leave altogether um but I really feel like you know if I had waited things wouldn't have been going as smooth or not as smooth because things aren't going that smooth but (laughs) (laughs) things wouldn't be happening the way that they're happening if I had waited um I probably wouldn't have had time to do Harlem Fashion Week if um you know if I was still working a nine to five or maybe I wouldn't have been able to make the casting or you know something um so I definitely 
you know, had second thoughts. Um, but it's all really, it's a learning process. I'm still learning how to be an entrepreneur because like I said, I, I primarily sell vintage. And so a lot of people thought like, oh, you know, she's able to quit her job. So I guess she's making enough money with the vintage. Duh, duh, duh. And I'm like, no, that's not the case. I just felt in my heart <laughs> that now was the time to, you know, take that leap. So, yeah. Gotcha. So how are you currently selling your clothes? Is everything just like one of a kind or how, how are you uh, getting out your like your creativity to like? Um, the public um so right now every I like I said I sell vintage and then the upcycled pieces those are only on my website but I sell vintage on Etsy I have listings on eBay Depop um I sell in person also like I don't know if we'll be able to this summer but like when um the markets open back up um, I've done like Hester Street Fair, Grand Bazaar in the city. So um, that's how I'm, you know, getting my stuff out there. Gotcha. You're not doing like any custom clothing though, like everything you make, you make and you just sell. Um, right. Um, I have had a few clients. The The main client is like my best friend, Sierra, who she's kind of like my muse. So if I see like a print or something that I want to, make for her then like she can come over and kind of get fit and stuff like that and I've done that for someone else also um someone I went mm -hmm. to college with but like I said like I'm I'm very much like a DIY type of person so mm -hmm. I don't really have formal training so you gotta like come to my house and get fitted and you have to feel comfortable with that um so, and you might have to be in and out of your clothes, you know, cause you yeah. know, I'm trying to make sure the, your measurements and everything is fitting correctly. So that's not something that, you know, I really put out there that I offer, but you know, if someone close to me wants that, you know, something custom, then I can do that. But mainly I just, you know, create what I want to create and that's, that's what it is. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, when it comes to your pricing, mm -hmm. like when you buy things and then you like you sell events and stuff like that, how do you do, I guess, like your markup? I think that's a, a constant struggle with designers trying to figure mm -hmm. out where they should price their items. So what has like been working for you and what hasn't been working for um, you? My, the pricing I try and keep at what I think like an average person would be able to afford <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as like the custom clothing um the upcycle pieces that i design i mark those up much higher because these are my babies <laughs> like i would wear right. you know everything that i make um and there's a lot of times where i want to keep something so of course i'm like okay if i'm you know i want to keep it so i want to make sure i'm getting the proper amount of money for it um but as far as like even the vintage um it's hard because you always you're comparing yourself to other vintage dealers so i've seen you know i have a dress actually in my collection right now that i would sell for about maybe $35, $40. I've seen somebody sell it for $140. Does that mean that uh -huh. I'm going to, 
mark my thing, you know, mark my dress up to a hundred and something dollars. No, because I got it for five or whatever, you know. Um, so it, it definitely is a struggle. And then, of course, there's people who sell their clothing at lower price points. And I'm like, should I sell, you know, should I sell stuff for lower? But I feel like, you know, I want to make sure people understand that with the vintage, it's like, it's not one of a kind, but it's very rare. So you have to pay for the rarity of the piece. And then when you're yeah, right, exclusivity. exclusivity, exactly. <laughs> and same with when I'm upcycling, it's like these pieces were already exclusive or rare and I'm making them into something new. So the price, you know, is the price. Um, as far as, you know, what's working, I, you know, I've been, I've been selling vintage for about four years last year that I started designing so I'm happy with you know the vintage and how that's moving um but as far as like the pieces that I design I just started like last year so I don't even know if my pricing is working or not right now but it's gonna stay where mm -hmm. it is um until it, it gets moving how I want it to so yeah I'm I'm confident with my prices um but it definitely, you know, you compare yourself to other people and you're like, you know, oh, well, they're selling this for more. So I should, you know, up my price. But I just, you know, try and stick to what I'm what I'm comfortable with and what I feel is fair for the consumer. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel that. So I have another segment. Mm -hmm. It's called It's a Success or It's a Disaster. <laughs> Uh, and this segment is actually sponsored by um, one of our newest sponsors, um, the Harrison Blake Apparel. Harrison Blake Apparel uh, makes neckties, pocket squares, label pins, bracelets, and jewelry for ladies. They're currently offering 80% off their entire website through April 30th. You use code 80WOW in all caps. Um, it's 100% black owned and your spot for accessories. Um, this segment is also sponsored by The Rich Nurse, which is a brand that empowers nurses to live life abundantly through fashion. They sell clothing, accessories, and beauty products for nurses. Presently, Rich Nurse is offering 15% off for all of our listeners using promo code Black and Fashion 15. Check them out and send all your nurse friends their way. And that is at the Rich Nurse on Instagram. So, Halima, tell me about a time where you were working with a piece where uh, you were. <laughs> we laughed <Yes>. already. <laughs> Tell me about a time where you were working with a piece and you know, you either it's a success or a disaster. <laughs> so like you that you learned something mm -hmm. from. Like that it really, really taught you like a valuable lesson and it's something that you will continue to partake in your um your business. It could be something with a client, it could be a mm -hmm. piece, but just something that you've learned that ended up being a disaster that turned into a success. Okay. Uh well there's a lot of pieces that are not you know, you start and you're like, okay, I I need a break from this. So I have probably like 20 projects like that, just sitting mm -hmm. around, um, waiting to be finished or, you know, getting ready to be tossed into another project because I don't know what to do with it. Um, let me try and think. Um, a success. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm still I'm still learning so much when mm-hmm. I'm working with these pieces. Um, hmm. I don't know. That's a tough one. Tough it is question. a tough one. Has it has it been? I guess has it been hard for you with like you know. I guess like I guess it was asked, like making stuff without having patterns and having to figure out how to create it, but then you learn something. Yeah, new. well that's the thing because like I I'm my own like fit model. So I think fitting myself is a lot easier. And that's the thing. Like I'm, you know, in and out of my house clothes when I'm trying to make, you know, a piece for myself or um you know, a piece for a collection. And so I think it just like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's just trial and yeah, error it for is. you right it now. Is. It's trial and okay. error. And it's funny because like, um, I was, I still actually have to make this shirt for, well, my boyfriend, my ex, he's my ex now, but my boyfriend at the time, <laughs> Um, he got really frustrated with me one day because I was making him a shirt and he had, he was in and out of the shirt. I'm like, okay, I have to look at this side and now this piece and this side and da, da, da. And he was getting like so frustrated. I'm like, this is my process. <laughs> right. If you can't deal with this, then you ain't getting the shirt. Right. Basically. Um, so yeah, like, you know, it really is, it's, it's trial and error for me. And when there's a lot of error, I just, I, you know, I get frustrated, but you know, I sit the piece down and I let it sit and then I'll come back to it if I have to. And I, I love starting new projects. Um, that's another thing. Um, so yeah, it's, that's definitely a struggle, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's trial and error for me. Gotcha. No. Makes sense. Tell me about mm-hmm. how you came up with the name Threads of Habit and, um, you know, where that comes from. What's the root of that? Yeah. So um, when I was heavily thrifting in Brooklyn, um, I decided, you know, OK, I want to start this. This was always, you know, a side hustle for me. So I said, you know, I want to start this as a side hustle. So I was asking, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, what should I name it? And they were like, Halima's vintage and like, you know, simple stuff. And I was like, no, it has to have like a deeper meaning than that. Um, So one of my friends kind of mentioned that like I was addicted to thrifting. So I was like, "Mm, yeah, you're right. I am addicted. Um, But I started looking up other words that had to do with addiction so habit kind of came along and I was like, oh, well, it is, it's a habit. That's more of like a positive connotation than addiction. Um, and then habit also means clothing. You know? So I was like, OK, so what can I do with, you know, habit? So I started looking up quotes and um, quotes about habit. And um, so I came across a quote. It's on my website. Um, but the quote is. It is it's on my way. <laughs> it's um, something about like the chains of habit are too weak to be felt until they're too strong to be broken. Nice. I think I'm saying it correctly. Yes. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, I like that chains of habit. So I just changed the chains to threads. Um, and that is how threads of habit came about. Um, yeah. 
Nice. So tell me how you juggle it all. Like, you know, I know that you are, is it, I know, are you a new mom or is this your second? This, well, she's, this is my second. She's 12 days old now. Oh, you had the baby. Uh, I did have the baby. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So how are you juggling your business and motherhood? And newborn in fact. Yeah, that's the thing. Like when I decided that I wanted to quit my job, like everything was in place. Like my son was in daycare. Um, You know, I had a nice space in my apartment for my sewing machine and like my studio and everything. Um, And then two weeks after I quit my job, that's when I found out I'm having another baby. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it takes a village. That's number one. You know, if I have to do something on the weekend and, you know, I need someone to, well, to watch Naeem, that was my, you know, that's my son. Now there's two. So, I mean, I got to keep you posted about how I'm going to juggle this. Right. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm home with them. So um, I I try not to get um, like frustrated when I want to do something or I have an idea and I want to get it out. And then my son is like, you want to play? So it's like, you know, I have to, I need to give everybody attention. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's one of my main issues is just like, um, you know, just giving everyone the attention that they need, but also still staying true to myself and making sure that, you know, my needs are getting met. I need to be creative. You know, if mommy's not happy, then nobody's going to be happy. Right. Everybody's going to be done. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? So you make sure you practice all your self-care and stuff for yourself as well. Absolutely. So you definitely have to check out one of our sponsors. She's in Brooklyn, but she promotes like self-care and alignment via spa and beauty, health and wellness. She has journaling, manifestation. She has all these different things. She does vision board parties. Her name Mm. is Nisha Starr. But I would say that that is definitely like check out. We got some really dope sponsors on the podcast. I'm like, (laughs) definitely check her out for sure. Okay. Okay. So tell me. Uh, let's just I just want to hop right back into just like a little bit about the Harlem Fashion Week experience. Mm-hmm. How was that for you as far as like selecting the models, going over like the concept of how everything was going to come down the runway? Like what was that? What did that process look like working with uh, a production mm-hmm. company? Because what I, I find is, is that it's either it was a great experience for someone or it was a mm-hmm. really bad experience when you're not actually, you know, picking the models like your selection right. of models or picking the runway or picking the way everything goes. And also, you know, having to not stand up against because it's not a competition, but you yeah. have to be amongst several other designers. So how overall was that experience for you? Well, I, I loved the experience. Um, <laughs> they made sure that, you know, we were happy with our models. They made sure that we understood like the run through of the show um anytime that I needed to reach out with you know which I didn't have to very often but if I need to reach out you know they were there um so I really you know I really enjoyed myself and they made sure that like they mentioned this in the casting that like we want you to just be able to come bring your clothes and that's it 
like be just bring your clothes be a designer behind the scenes you know etc do what you have to do but you don't have to be involved in you know so much stuff and you know so they made it really easy for us to just come do the show and you know that's it um so yeah i really enjoyed picking my models because the first show that i did um the models were kind of limited um so I didn't, I didn't have really a chance to select out of a big selection. With Harlem Fashion Week, I was able to select them. Um, we did have one fitting. I think there was two fittings, but I didn't necessarily need the second one. So that was, you know, obviously very helpful. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really fun experience. Um, and then, you know, as far as like having them go down the runway. Um, I had a stylist with me who picked out only thrifted um, like accessories. I also used some accessories from like my grandmother that I inherited from her. So everything was also secondhand as far as like the styling. Um, so yeah, but no, I, I had a great time. And also just like it was just like black excellence, like everywhere, you know, from the models to, you know, Tondra and Yvonne, you know, the production head and the leaders. So it was really cool just being a part of that and just seeing everybody come together, have a good time and, you know, connect with other designers. So, yeah, I had a I had a great time. Good. Have yeah. you gotten the chance to utilize like all of your winnings so far? Um, I know you got you got to work with a couple other people. Have you got a chance to do that yet? Not yet. No, you are the first. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I feel special. Yeah, but I well, I guess like, I was on it. Yeah, <laughs> I like, let's. I was like, let's get this done. <laughs> right? No, I was excited. So I was like, oh, I, I get a pattern making class because, like, that you know, we spoke and like that's mm -hmm. what I need. You know, yeah, I need, yeah. I need some help. So <laughs> I'm very happy to you know have been connected with you also. So you know, amazing. Yeah. Well, whenever you're ready, honey. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> I'm like, whenever you are ready, it was great talking to you. Um, Me my too. last segment is mm -hmm. called it's a muse i know you said that your friend was your muse as well yeah um, i just wanted to know if there was another muse in your life um um also like one of our one of my muses is a, a black girl magic she's one of our sponsors bonnie mcclain mm -hmm. she's gonna kill me because i always say that it is Bonnie mcmillan she <laughs> is going to kill me she has um stylish repair on accessories that makes um very fashionable statement um and is black girl magic so who is your muse because that's my muse black girl magic and i just see it from in so many different directions mm -hmm. um that that is my muse what is your muse well like i said before like my friend sierra she's one of my she's one of my muses but like if i had to pick like a not just a person it could be like you know out it could be nature it could be uh, something that you read something that you saw but just something that like keeps you inspired mm. i mean i would just have to say i would just have to say like bold prints <laughs> like if you look bold prints i like prints, that so you let fabric inspire you. yes i do that yes. i mean that's the thing with upcycling is like what you have in front of you is what you have to use. Like you can't run back to the fabric store if you need more. Um, so I would just say like bold eccentric prints. 
um, would be my muse for, you know, Threads of Habit. Between the vintage that I sell and the upcycle pieces, like that's, you know, the theme, that's what I love. So that's what keeps me hype and inspired. And, you know, anytime I pick out, you know, something new for the shop or something that I want to upcycle, it's going to be bold. It's going to be fun. It's going to be colorful. (laughs) Yeah. So that is my, oh, that's my overall muse. Okay, so let me throw out all your social media handles. I'll put them in the show notes as well, but just tell people where they can like find you and like where they can shop. Okay, so threadsofhabit.com, of course. Um, if you're on Etsy, I have like on Shopify, that's the platform I use for my website. Um, there's no reviews, but on Etsy, all my reviews are there from the beginning of time back to 2015. So if you want to see like my track record, (laughs) it's over there, um, on Etsy. So, um, that's threadsofhabit.etsy.com. Um, but I prefer people to shop on the website, you know, if you can. And I'm also on eBay, um, Instagram at threadsofhabit, um, I have a Twitter, but y'all don't need I that don't matter. I feel like Twitter doesn't if people aren't even on Twitter <laughs> right. anymore yeah. these days. I just I just have everything like automatically go from Instagram to Twitter. I haven't even logged into that Twitter in months and months. <laughs> but yeah, Instagram, Threads of Habit and threadsofhabit.com. Those are the main main places you can find me amazing all right well thank you so much for joining me for episode 50 um this is definitely like a good point <laughs> this is a good point like we had 50 that means we're doing something right, right. yeah congratulations but, yeah, make sure you, thank you make sure you guys follow halima and keep up with her i'll put all her information in the show notes and thank you so much for joining me on the black and fashion podcast and um We'll keep in touch for your pattern making class. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you have a wonderful rest of your week. And as I always say, stay black. Masking is black. What you looking at? Masking is black. I feel so good to be black right now. (laughs) What you looking at? Embrace it. Is black. What you looking at?